The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 1st show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 1- 855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for the show today, Andy Landis, regular contributor of my show, nationally known author, speaker, and my go-to guy on everything Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Today we're going to be talking about our younger workers, time for Social Security checkup. Also another regular contributor of the show, Greg Nunn with Gregory and Nunn and Company, Taxpayer identity theft. We're going to show you how to protect yourself. And last guest in studio, first time in studio, very excited to talk with Melissa Irons with Iron Brothers Construction. And she's also a member of the Master Builder Association. Remodeled Home Tour. Very excited about what they have going on there and to share it with my listeners today. Great information. Great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call the show at 1 855 400 1150. Again, that's 1 855 400 1150 or online at the And now for today's money chat. Money. Money. Today I wanted to bring in the reason behind the shortage of appraisers. It's always nice to, nice to know the why behind the story so to get an idea of what's happening and then you can figure out a way to manage and work around this. So I'd like to share an article posted in CNBC Realty Check by Diane Olick, and this was back on the 27th, that I thought could answer a lot of consumer and agent professional questions. Um, what What's going on with appraisers? So if you're out there right now and you're in the process of purchasing a home, definitely if you're a real estate professional, you're asking this question, what the heck? I've been in the industry for 20 years and I've never seen anything so crazy. Now, we're not talking about... Values. That's another conversation. Of course, there's some challenges supporting values on a case-by-case basis because there's been so much appreciation in the market. But really what today's Money Chat is about is about the, the turn times on the appraisals. Again, 20 years in the industry, and I've never seen appraisals taking this long. For me, on an average, maybe around three weeks. Sometimes you can see them come in in a couple weeks. Sometimes they can take longer than three weeks. It depends on a lot of factors. But here's what I would uh, suggest as a consumer. Uh, be prepared to pay for an, a rush, rush appraisal. Now, it's not part of the standard uh, disclosure of the appraisal. It's an additional fee for a rush. And it's there's a signature that's required that you authorize that. So if you're going in with a closing that I would say under 40 days, just know that you're going to be 
paying for a rush appraisal. Now, if you want to close in 30 days on a purchase, is it uh, realistic for you to be able to do so? Yes. Could there be challenges that potentially come up with the appraisal? Yes. So let me give you the why behind it. Again, this is uh, Diane's article and the article, how she titled it, Massive Shortage of Appraisers Causing Home Sales Delays. So housing demand is rising rapidly, but a key cog in the wheel is the homeownership is in deep trouble. The people most needed to close the deal are disappearing. Appraisers. The men and women who value homes and who mortgage lenders depend on are shrinking in numbers. Now, that is causing a growing delay in closings, costing buyers and sellers money, and in some cases, even costing them the deal altogether. The percentage of on-time closings has dropped from 77% last April to 64% today for loans backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, according to Campbell Inside Mortgage Finance. Uh, Appraisal-related issues and delays jumped by 50% in that time. So the appraisal shortage is massive. You're seeing significant delays. You're seeing cost increase. You're seeing rate locks expires, said by Brian Coster, CEO of Rockfeld, Merrifield-based Coster VMC of National Appraisal Management Company. Now, since 2007, when the U.S. housing market came crashing down, the number of appraisers has shrunk by 22%, according to the Appraisal Institute and Industry Association. With so few new candidates, the current population of appraisers is aging totally surprising to hear this. More than 60% of over are over the age of 50. Now, ironically, the decline in the new appraisals is largely due to new regulations designed by Safeguard, both banks and borrowers. They were put in place at the end of 2008 by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA is an entire mortgage banking community was under strict scrutiny after the financial crisis. They changed the rules that would allow appraiser apprentice to do full appraisals and instead require the license appraisal to be on site for the inspection. So the result is that the appraisers no longer see a need to pay apprentice. But at the same time, licensing requirements to become appraiser include 2,500 hours of appraisal experience to be completed in two years as an apprentice. So the typical appraiser, he's going to do approximately 10 to 15 appraisals a week. For him to be able to take on a trainee, he needs the ability for the trainee to go ahead and inspect the property for him, said Coster. The rules have changed now, and you cannot do what you used to be able to do 10 years ago, which is hire three to four trainees and really have them go out and inspect the properties. Go out and do the work, and you would really function as an apprentice that market has been completely eliminated. So you can see here what the, what the challenge is. The challenge is now the appraisers are having to do all the work themselves. It really doesn't make sense for the for them to hire these, to bring these apprentices in when they're actually not doing the work for them, but instead they're just shadowing what they're doing. And the new people are not wanting to get into the industry because all of the uh, 25 hours that they need of the experience and all the training that's required. So this is where the challenge comes in because our market... We've got a lot of activity taking place out there, and we just don't have the appraisers to be able to do the work. So changes in the appraisal system are being considered, but there is currently no short-term fix. When they remove the trainee to be able to inspect the property, I don't think that they understand the trickle-down effect it would have on the entire mortgage market, nor did they understand how the trainees were used by the appraisers within the mortgage market. The article went on to state uh, in some particular cities, Colorado um, State, a lot of the cities there, they're seeing seven weeks 
on an average for some of these appraisals. So thank goodness we're not dealing with that here. Again, on an average, we might be looking at maybe three weeks. Could be worse. But again, my advice is prepare up front to pay for that a rush, that rush appraisal. Set realistic expectations. Those of you that are agent professionals helping with the conversation of what's happening here, share this article uh, with your clients so that they understand. Anything under 30 days, most likely it's, it's, a, it's a, a possible that you can do this. But set yourself up for success, not for failure. And that was the Money Chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, a shout out for my next guest and a shout out for my listeners, younger workers and Social Security. Andy Lennis, nationally known author, speaker, and my go-to guy on everything Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Have you recently purchased a home and are wondering how you can make it your home with a fresh new design on a budget? If so, we have the answer. Go visit the Design Center at Staging and Design Network. You'll have access to award-winning design services, new and used furnishings at up to 50% off retail, and membership is only $60 a year. They work with thousands of interior designers and professional home stagers. They also create model homes for high-end builders. Go online to staginganddesignnetwork.com, all spelled out, and become a wholesale member or visit their showroom in Kirkland. The address and directions are listed on their website. It's located in an industrial park where you would never expect. You'll consider Staging and Design Network a hidden treasure after your first visit. This is Trisha Tomlinson with Staging and Design Network. Our phone number is 425-272-4430. That's 425-272-4430. And you can find us online at www.staginganddesignnetwork.com, all spelled out. You bought it, but do you know how it works? We're talking Social Security, the biggest mystery in your financial blueprint. Now, move from mystery to mastery with the new book, Social Security, The Inside Story. Author Andy Landis has helped thousands of people just like you master Social Security. Hi, this is Andy Landis. You can learn more at my website. Go to www.andylandis.biz. That's andylandis.biz. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 1st show. It's a great day to talk money. That's why I'm here with you and what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I can all you can always call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online to the moneyara.com. And right now in studio, I have Andy Landis, nationally known author, speaker, and my go-to guy on everything, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Andy, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thank you, Tina. Great to be here. And our topic today? Social Security checkup time for younger workers. So if you're young, you definitely want to stay tuned in and listen to my conversation. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised. And a little bit about Andy. Andy Lennis is one of nationally foremost authorities on Social Security and Medicaid. As a nationally known author, speaker, and consultant, Andy is an author of the best-selling book, Social Security, The Inside Story, called the Social Security Bible and available on Amazon. He is a regular blogger for Wall Street Journal, Market Watch site. Uh, He's appeared on TV, Fox Business News, and PBS, and is a frequent 
frequent guest on radio, including my show, The Money Hour. Andy's background includes working at the Social Security Administration, AARP, Boeing, and his own practice, Thinking Retirement. Andy lives in Seattle with Kay and Cody, his dog. So, Andy, what does a typical Xer or Millennium think when they look at their pay stub? Well, first, you're probably really happy to have a job and a pay stub, which That's is pretty true. cool. You might want to frame that thing. But then you start looking at the deductions and you go, hey, where'd all my money go? Especially when you see that big FICA deduction, Tina. Mm-hmm. And so what do the younger's worker think about when you're uh, talking with younger people? What are they thinking about Social Security? Well, mostly they don't at all. I mean, I didn't when yeah. I was that age, right? <laughs> uh, if they do think about it, they're thinking, what a waste. Give mm-hmm. me back my money. I'll do better with it. And, of course, the famous, it's not going to be there for me. So uh, you hear that all the time from younger workers. So, Andy, are these generations unique in their attitude? Is something new happening here or...? Just the opposite. Man, I've been around Social Security for 39 years, which I'm starting to realize is over a third of a century. And I've watched generation after generation go through this same pattern. Mm -hmm. And it goes something like this, all the way back to when I was a boomer. In your 20s and 30s, you hate the Social Security because they're taking money out of your paycheck. And in your 40s and 50s, you start to get a little curious about it. Maybe you hear somebody that's getting Social Security or you look at what your parents are going through. And then in your 60s, it's like you flip over and it's like, this is a totally vital, vital program and I can't retire without it. So, mm-hmm. And one more note, that, that last reaction really hits home for younger people if they face something horrible like disability or death. Then, yeah. then it's like, it's a really vital program. So how do you answer the question, what's in it for me? The WIFM. The WIFM question. Uh, I think of Social Security as paycheck insurance. You pay your premium with your payroll deductions, and then that buys you a complete package of worker benefits like you'd expect from a big employer. Retirement benefits, disability, life, health insurance. And then if your paycheck stops for one of three reasons, retirement, disability, or death, heaven forbid, that's when Social Security pays you back. And that package, that package of retirement, disability, life, and health, is the foundation of everything you do financially. Mm -hmm. Everything else is built on top of that. So, Andy, why should people care? Well, it sounds remote when you're a younger worker, but I've worked with thousands of young people where disaster does strike, and then the Social Security becomes absolutely the most Mm -hmm. important thing in their life because stuff happens. You never know when you're going to need it. In fact, Social Security says if you take 100 workers at age 21 and you track them all the way through their career up to retirement age, over those years, 30 of them will be disabled, and 20 of them will die. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So a lot of, all of that, all of the disability and survivor benefits are aimed at younger workers if Mm -hmm. something happens to a younger person. We're not talking about retirement. Yeah. We're talking about stuff that happens to you during your career. So I hate to bring it up, but just imagine the worst. Suppose something happens to you, What if you're sick and you can't get to work for a year or more? Um, How are you going to pay your bills? Or if you have kids, heaven forbid, but how are they going to get by if you're sick or injured or you pass away? So I've talked to, like I said, thousands of people in exactly those situations in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. And I can tell you, Social Security really works to take away some of the pain when those horrible things happen. 
I would say prepare for the worst. Just focus on the best. I agree. Absolutely. So let's talk about the cost and how good of a deal this is. Well, if you include the Social Security and Medicare together, it's 7.65% of your paycheck. Okay. uh, With a match from your employer, which you don't. Who gets a 100% match on their employee benefits? Yes. That's crazy. So for the average worker, that's about 3300 bucks. Sounds like a lot. Plus a match from the employer. But if you just look at the retirement benefit alone, mm-hmm. let's say you're retirement age and you have a non-working spouse, you'd have to save 750000 bucks to match what Social Security is going to pay that couple. Wow. That's, it's a stretch. I mean, yeah. it's, that's pretty cool. But that doesn't even count the disability life and health insurance that you're also buying. So I'd say you're definitely getting your money's worth when you look at the whole package. Um, It's an awesome insurance deal. Um, I've worked in a private benefits department, and I've talked to a lot of insurance people, and I don't think there's any way that you could duplicate that same package in the private sector. Agreed. So, Andy, a lot of younger people are asking, is Social Security going to be around? Aren't they going to be broke? How do you answer that question? Yeah, remember that thing a few years ago where young people thought they were more likely to see a UFO than a Social Security check? (laughs) I missed that one. Uh, Yeah, pretty cool. So it's a lot better than that. It's a lot better than what you've heard from the general media. For one thing, Social Security is still running a surplus. It was $23 billion last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're still running in the black. And they can pay all the benefits that are due through 2034 which sounds pretty far away, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. So if Congress does nothing between now and then, which is possible, (laughs) then there would be an automatic 21% cut in Social Security. It wouldn't go away. It would just be cut. So if you look at a worst-case scenario, 21%, it's not that bad is what people think. Yeah, it's not like there's not going to be anything there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the challenge for younger workers right now is how are you going to fill that 21% gap? Uh-huh. How much are they willing to pay in taxes or cut from benefits to fill the gap? And the question comes down to what do you want Social Security to do for your generation going forward? Yeah. Every generation has had to answer that question um, all the way back to the 1930s. You know, what do we want it to do? Yeah. And, and they've modified it for each generation. So that's the challenge coming up. So, Andy, how is Social Security different from other worker benefits, especially when we're talking about retirement plans? Really different. For one thing, only about 50% of jobs have any retirement plan, including 401ks and that kind of thing. Um, Pensions are pretty much gone. Um, Savings plans like 401ks and 403bs haven't really panned out. Mm -hmm. Um, They're complicated. There's too many things that can go wrong, like people don't save enough, which is classic. They invest poorly or the market goes south, no fault of theirs. And vesting rules mean sometimes you can't take that 401k money with you to the next job. Yeah. Uh, So by contrast, Social Security is totally simple. It's all automatic. Um, It's totally portable to 95% of jobs in the U.S. And it generates something that's totally understandable, a monthly check for the rest of your life. So it's just so much simpler than your typical uh, worker package from an employer. So, Andy, and what we've talked about so far, can you summarize this for my listeners? Yeah, probably one key thing I said was that Social Security is the foundation of everything else you do. It doesn't matter whether you're doing estate planning, life insurance, disability planning, any of that starts off with your Social Security. So, obviously, if this is your money, you owe it to yourself and your family to learn what it can do and what you can do to build on that foundation, working with people like your guests. There you go. Andy, anything new happening uh, with Social Security that you want to share with my listeners? 
No, probably it goes back to the same old message that we all need to look at our Social Security records at mm-hmm. ssa.gov slash my account. Set up your own account just like you do at a bank or an investment house and make sure you know what it's doing for you. So that's uh, ssa.gov slash my account. Okay. Andy, what about some, some myths out there uh, that we can clear up for listeners? What's the, what's the biggest myth that you hear? Biggest one, especially for people approaching retirement, is mm-hmm. Social Security is based on your last five or ten years. You hear ten years all the time. Social okay. Security is based on my best ten years. It's not. It's based on your best 35 years. Mm -hmm. And younger workers need to know that because it's based on your average income throughout your career. So taking a few years off, not a big deal. Taking 20 years off and then reentering the workforce, Uh there's no way you're going to get a full high Social Security payment. So that's very common. It's not based on 10 years. It's based on 35 years of work. Um, Let's see another big myth. And you always said, you know, talk about really preparing and planning on when you're actually going to start drawing from Social Security because there's some pretty hefty, substantial uh, financial yes. implications if you if you draw too early or you're not strategizing on when to do that. If you take, you can take the retirement payment as early as 62, mm-hmm. and in fact, that's the most common filing date uh-huh. is age 62. That's where you get the least Social Security over your lifetime. All you got to live all you got to do is live to average life expectancy or more and you'll get much more money by waiting till 66 or 70. So uh, basically take it early you're betting you're going to die early. Yeah. Now I understand if you need the money, you need sure. the money. Absolutely. Uh, but if you can delay it with a little bit of part-time work or something, mm-hmm. you know, draw from your savings a little bit, uh, you're going to come out money ahead. So do some planning around that. Makes sense. Yeah. So what about a biggest mistake um, that you can help my listeners avoid? A couple ideas. One is taking it too early, like we just said. Yes. Uh, one is not planning ahead by not getting your Social Security statement at okay. ssa.gov slash my account. Um, and, you know, this is going to sound screwy, but especially for younger workers, I hear about this all the time. Oh, my husband died three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have kids. I never knew we could get Social Security. Yeah. And now you've kissed away three years of benefits. Wow. Tens of thousands of dollars. So don't ignore it. If you know anybody that goes through a major disability or, heaven forbid, a death in the family, mm-hmm. especially if there's kids involved, send them to Social Security and see if there's some money there. Yeah. I hate to hear you know families come in years later. And, you know, they can go back six months. That's it. Yeah. So. Not not a lot of time to recover a mistake um, oh, and yeah. a missed opportunity. Yeah. So, Andy, as I wrap up my time here with you, um, I'd like you to, to uh, call to action for your book. Can you tell them uh, uh, what it is and where to pick it up at? Again, the book is Social Security, The Inside Story, and it's called The Bible of Social Security. It's not as hard to read as the Bible. Um, <laughs> basically, a full guided tour through the entire Social Security system, whether you're facing a disability in your family, a regular retirement payment, whatever it might be. Uh, And it's best place to get it is Amazon. They have a real good price on it. So Social Security, the inside story by Andy Landis. Wonderful. Andy, thank you again so much for uh, joining me in studio. Appreciate your wealth of information. Love being here. Thank you. Coming up next on Money Hour, are you concerned about taxpayer identity theft? How do you protect yourself? My next guest, Greg Nunn with Gregory S. Nunn & Company, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break.
Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Here at Empowering the Mature Mind, we provide consulting and design services that allow both homeowners and industry professionals to create successful housing solutions for our second half of life. Empowering the Mature Mind is a residential and outreach program of ADM Architecture. Go to www.empoweringthematuremind.com to sign up for our newsletter and browse all the free and wonderful resources and information available to you right now. Our mission is to help you by dramatically improving your ability to live a longer and happier life at home. Working with Empowering the Mature Mind and ADM Architecture could easily create the best ROI of any investment you could make in your retirement years. Let us prove it to you. For more information, go to www.empoweringthematuremind.com or call 360-440-8475 today. Again, that's 360-440-8475. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 1st show. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast to talk with the guest I have in studio or chat with your host, me. You can call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And in studio right now, I have Greg Nunn with Gregory S. Nunn and Company. We're going to be talking about taxpayer identity theft. Greg, thanks for joining me back in studio. Tina, it's great to see you again. And a little bit about Greg. Gregory Nunn is the founder and principal of Nunn Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington, the first firm of tax resolution specialists in Washington State. His passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament when the IRS due to failing to file tax returns and or not paying what the IRS claims that they owe. He represents these troubled taxpayers vigorously before the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation, tax planning for individuals and businesses. Um, Fortunately, I haven't had any issue with my taxes. Greg represents me. Sorry, represents troubled and untroubled uh, taxpayers. Greg is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and been in the industry for over 30 years. He's a member of the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, the premier association of professionals, helping troubled taxpayers. He has received the Top Practitioner Award for the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers. He's also a certified tax resolution specialist, and Greg has published a book titled Solve Your Tax Problems Now. So, Greg, talking, I mean, everybody is uh, familiar with identity theft, hopefully not from personally experiencing it, but this is a special identity theft that we're going to talk about in your arena, and that's taxpayer identity theft. Correct. So how many taxpayers experience identity theft? Well, this is an old statistic, so we can assume that it's quite a bit more than this uh, number here. Back in 2013, it was estimated 2.4 million, 2.4 million taxpayers experienced identity theft. 
And these these conniving folk uh, received five point eight billion five point eight billion in fraudulent tax refunds. Wow! So let's explain to my listeners what is taxpayer identity theft. Yeah, taxpayer identity theft ordinarily occurs with someone obtaining your name, address, uh-huh. and social security number, and they will file a tax return using your social security number. That's scary. With a bunch of bogus numbers that provide all kinds of tax credits. And they get uh, a little check from the IRS because the IRS doesn't have enough safeguards to uh, identify every return that's coming through uh-huh. that just, you know, doesn't make sense. Um, they've increased their protection, but it's still, there's a lot of returns that get through with bad information and boom, all of a sudden somebody has your identity, file the tax return in your name, and you're kind of screwed. So, Craig, there's always warning signs for everything. So what are those to know if you've had taxpayer identity identity theft? Yeah, one of the big indicators is um, you go to file your tax return electronically mm-hmm. and it gets rejected. And, you're, and you think, wait a minute here, I, I haven't filed my tax return yet. Uh, but that is the key indicator. If that happens, you are very likely to be a victim of identity theft. So what happens if you if this happens to you? I mean, what is this really? Uh, you know, it is a very frustrating and unfortunate circumstance for, for people because it, it totally puts your life kind of upside down. Yeah. You, not only have they stolen your taxpayer identity, but they're probably reselling your identity to other brokers wow. that are going to go out and try to do other fraudulent thing with your information. Um, and, boy... The IRS, unfortunately, is not like a calling up uh, a company and saying, hey, cancel my credit card, and within you know a few seconds, it's done. Yeah. With the IRS to get your identity theft identified, taken care of, and resolved, it can take six, seven, eight, nine months. That is crazy. So, you're, so when you notice that this has happened, obviously, the first thing you do is notify the IRS. And Absolutely. How are, you know, how are you doing that? Yeah, you either call the IRS and they go to their website and they have a special section there for identity theft and you can call a number. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, though, the, the best and quickest way I can tell you is contact your professional preparer. Yes. Because uh, they can get through to the IRS much quicker. They know the process on what to do to get this thing resolved and can help you get it done really much quicker and more streamlined, at least getting the initial information to the IRS until they get it and sit on it for several months. So there's got to be a record. You've made the call. You've taken care of it as soon as you noticed it. What's happening during that six, seven, nine months when, when things are still going on? Is there protection there for the taxpayer? There is. The IRS will uh, discontinue anyone to be able to access your account. Okay, that's good. And th- at the same time, you should start contacting all of your credit people, your credit card company, uh, the credit bureaus, and notify them that you have been a victim of taxpayer identity theft. Okay. Uh, just to protect yourself from other issues that might come up and all of a sudden you realize you got all these charges on your credit card you didn't make. Yeah. So take the day off. Make sure that you're notifying everybody yep. uh, what's happened. Makes sense. You gotcha. So let's talk about protection or preventing this from happening. What can you do to reduce your risk? There really is a lot that you can do to reduce That's your risk. That's good news. Okay, let's Very talk much about so. it. How, having said that. Oh, no. I hate <laughs> it when you say however. <laughs> In today's society with social media, they a person can gain so much information about who you are yeah. by just looking at your Facebook. They want to be able to identify your address. They want to be able to identify your maiden name. They want to be able to identify where you've worked. 
who your friends are, who your family members are. And from all of that information, they can start developing a profile of Tina Mitchell or Greg Nunn or anybody and figure out exactly who you are and obtain your identity. I, probably every one of us. Don't use my name, Greg. In this room or listening <laughs> to this radio program have had their information breached and don't yeah. know it. Wow. And it's so hard and, and, and frustrating because with social media, I mean, me as a, as a, a business professional, as, you know, uh, all of us here I know. in the studio, it's yeah. important to have that connection and build connection. And a is. lot of that's happening over social media. So mm-hmm. um, what other advice do you have outside of don't get on Facebook? Yeah, don't get on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> there's other things you can do and that simple stuff. And, but simple doesn't mean we, that we do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, protect your social security number. If okay. people or somebody asks for it, ask them why they need it. Uh, keep your social security card safe, like in a locked safe. Yeah. Don't keep it, Don't in, your keep it in your wallet or your purse. Yes. You're, you're asking for trouble. Um, another thing is, of course, is secure your computer as best you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Keep your antivirus, your malware software updated. Don't have the same password for yeah, change everything. Change passwords, use sophisticated passwords. Yeah, uh, all of this stuff is inconvenient. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to, you know, kind of cruise on the edge of identity theft possibility, just uh, don't do anything. Yeah, I and and I think when you're when you're hesitant of doing the things that you know that you should do, really think about the risk if you don't and the benefit if you do. Right. And precisely. And and that the you know hey let's be practical. We're not going to become paranoid and watch every little thing we do. That's that's the hard part. No, but you, you can know? do the simple but things that the, the common things. sense. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, Greg, what if one of my listeners receives a threatening call from the IRS? What do they do? Um, what does that mean? Here's what happens. This is amazing. These people will call, claiming they're with the Internal Revenue Service. They're not. And they start behaving extremely aggressive. The IRS will not start behaving extremely aggressive. It actually is them. Mm-hmm. And these scam artists will threaten you with uh, uh, coming out and arresting you, that there's been a warrant issued for your arrest, and the sheriff's going to come out and put handcuffs on you and take you away to jail. That kind of stuff scares people. And I can yeah. tell you, probably you know, a lot of us have heard these phone calls, and I myself have, and I know they're scams, yeah. but it's that human response where you go, oh, my gosh, Really? Because it's so And what are they saying so on the alarming. phone when they're calling you and, and making these threats? Oh, they're say, wanting hey, to get information from you? They're wanting to get information from you. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they're just trying to get money. Hey, give us your credit card number and we can yeah. take care of this for you right wow. now. Or go down and get a prepaid cash card and, and issue that cash card to us and send it off. These guys are very much very professional con artists. So hang up the phone and call your tax. Hang up the phone or... You can be like me and play along with them for a while and then let them know they're Most people it. probably, would, that would not be the, the no, good advice. No, that's probably not good advice. Hang up the phone and call your tax professional. Now, this is crazy, is that because of all these phone calls, mm-hmm. these scams going on, the IRS, of course, has published many, many times saying, hey, we're not going to contact you and we're not going to talk to you that way. And these guys, you know, they're not stupid. They go, hmm, okay, well, we're going to start sending out mail now. Okay, so what happens when you get the so mail? So they get... A person can get a piece of mail, get it with a document that mm-hmm. looks so official, yeah. like an IRS document, that they believe it's true. Mm-hmm. However, those of us that are in the industry can look at any one of those and, and notice where the problems are in that document. And they'll do the same thing. Uh-huh. And that is, call this number. We'll take care of it. You know, 
part of the challenge is a lot of people that have tax issues, it becomes public record. Yeah. So if you have a notice of federal tax lien... So that's scary if you've got issues because you're they're actually targeting you because you've they're got targeting. something going on. Wow. That's correct. So just be, I guess, a takeaway here is any type of uh, mail that you receive, call, phone call, I mean, you, is talk to your tax attorney, your tax professional. Absolutely. Let them address. They'll take it from there. That's yeah. what you're paying them for. Yeah. Um, and that way you're not going to make any mistakes. So, Greg, what about any type of taxpayer identity theft um, insurance or monitoring, monitoring companies? Are there anything like that, that available? If I'm unaware of any that I would okay. uh, suggest or recommend, the key thing is just watch all of your data, watch your bank statements, watch uh-huh. things coming through on your credit card. Um, file your tax return early in the year actually yeah. is a very, very good defense. Okay. Because a That's lot of these scam advice. artists will do it later in the, you know, as early as possible. But if you get in there, say January, February, uh-huh. you're probably going to be ahead of them. Thank you, Dave. You know, Dave, my, my husband, he's probably your first client that comes in. Oh, yeah. Preparation there for comes, our here taxes. comes Dave. <laughs> here comes Dave. So what IRS, I mean, this is powerful um, who they are. Can't they do something to make this better or to fix this issue? Are they working on any solution? With most government agencies, there always seems to be irony or paradox involved. Mm-hmm. They have... Congress passed a bill to provide more funding to the IRS for this whole identity theft thing. Okay. So hiring more people um, and trying to get things done quicker. On the flip side, they passed another bill where the IRS is going to start hiring independent contractors in certain circumstances to do the collections on behalf of the IRS. So now have we just opened up a, Pandora's a box yeah. to these scam artists? Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm with ABC Collection. I got your account from the Internal Revenue Service. And, yeah. Oh, my. It's, it, I don't know how long that's going to last. So, Greg, as we wrap things up here, if you could share with my listeners uh, the type of clients that you, you service and how you can help my listeners. Excellent. Yeah, two, two primary prongs. One of those is... Uh, uh, IRS uh, resolution, you know, a person, they haven't filed their tax return for many years or they're getting legitimate mm-hmm. letters from the IRS saying, hey, where are you? Who are you? Where's your money? We are looking for you. I help those people through um, various different programs to get through the maze or the labyrinth of the IRS to get their problem resolved. Mm-hmm. The other part is tax preparation and planning. And so I do both of those and, and absolutely enjoy it. it. It's such a thrill when a client owes $300,000 and because of, you know, unforeseen circumstances, death or loss of a job, they can't pay it and they can, yeah. you can we can settle it for this one guy for like $5,000. Yeah, so pretty amazing that stuff is, that, that you're is doing. awesome. So call to action. I know April's a long way away, but it's going to be coming sooner than you think. It, what do people need to be doing right now? Start collecting all your tax stuff and be ready for it and listen to Tina's radio show because later in this year, I will have a, hopefully a session with Tina talking about getting, getting prepared for year-end taxes. Every year. Greg, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you do for my listeners and uh, for my clients as well. Thanks, Amazing. Tina. You're awesome. Thanks much. Coming up next in the Money Hour, Remodeled Home Tour. Melissa Irons with Iron Brothers Construction and member of the Master Builder Association right here at 1150 a.m. KKNW after the short break. In today's competitive real estate market, buyers who are a day late miss out. 
The national real estate websites are often two to three days late with their new listings. Even worse, they're missing up to 30% of the Seattle market's listings. To be a competitive buyer, you need direct access to MLS listings the first day they're available. SeattleHome.com updates every day with 100% of agent-listed properties in the Northwest MLS. That means you'll always see the newest listings first. Don't miss out on that perfect home. Find it today on SeattleHome.com. This is Sam DeBoard, Managing Broker with Seattle Homes Group and Coldwell Banker Danforth. Contact us anytime at 206-552-8820 or online at SeattleHome.com. Again, that's 206 206- 552-8820 or seattlehome.com. So many people in the real estate industry are more concerned with telling people what they want to hear. Liz Johnson believes honesty is always the best policy, even when her clients might not want to hear the truth. Liz Johnson believes they deserve that. A foundation built on trust is of utmost importance to Liz Johnson. When it comes to your home and money, you are owed nothing less than the truth. With over 11 years of experience and over 250 properties sold, Liz Johnson's experience speaks volumes. To know how Liz can help you in King or Pierce County, contact her today at 253-670-0357 or by email at liz at thelizjohnsongroup.com. Hi, this is Liz Johnson with the Liz Johnson Group at Keller Williams Realty. Feel free to give me a call at 253-670-0357 and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 1st show. I bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything that you'd like regarding money or best to get you connected with my guests that are in studio today. Right now, Melissa Irons with Irons Brother Construction, and also she's a member of Builder Master Builders Association. Melissa, thank you for uh, joining me in studio today. Thanks for having me, Tina. And excited to hear all about Remodeled Homes Tour. That's a conversation I'll have with Melissa. But first, a little bit about Melissa's background. Uh, Melissa's been a controller and office manager of Irons Brothers Construction since 2005. In addition to being a mother of two girls, Venetia and Samiria, Melissa uses her background in nursing, management, and customer service to keep the office systems running smoothly. Raised in Seattle, Melissa loves spending time with her family and friends being outdoors and exercising. Her favorite part of remodeling is matching the products and finishes to her clients' needs and wants. So, uh, Melissa, what is the Remodeled Home Tour sponsored by the Master Bill Association Remodelers Council? Remodelers Home Tour in our 20th annual year is the opportunity for homeowners to step inside remodeled projects. So some of the Puget Sound's most beautiful homes presented by the Master Builders of King and Snohomish County will be on tour. 
visitors can experience firsthand the quality craftsmanship and innovative ideas that are going on in home remodeling right now. So, Melissa, how many homes are on this tour? There are 15 homes total on the tour this year. Okay, what about the locations? Locations. So, where you can find the most information about the Remodeled Homes Tour is the RemodeledTour.com website. Okay. That lists out where the homes are located. Seattle, Bellevue, Kirkland is most of where the homes are located this year. So, who do you normally see on these tours? Um, who's attending them and why? I think there's a lot of reasons to attend them. Most importantly, what I would suggest as a builder and remodeler and member of the association is to get out there if you are a serious buyer who is contemplating remodeling your home. You have the opportunity to see what is in person and meet with folks that are actually performing the work. What a great idea. How long have you guys been doing this for? So this is the 20th annual year of the Master Builders Remodel Home Tour. Okay. Uh, We've been on the home tour for the past five consecutive years with our company. Awesome. So how much are the tickets, Melissa, and how do my listeners uh, get them? Great question, Tina. So you can register for tickets at remodeltour.com. There is no charge for the tour. But we do want you to actually go online and get a ticket. Okay. It is a ticketed event where you will receive a wristband when you enter each home. You can go to multiple homes with just the one wristband. Um, participants can donate to our charity partner, which we're really excited about this year. It's Rebuilding Together Seattle. They're a nonprofit organization committed to providing free, safe, and healthy housing repairs for our neighbors that are seniors, people with disabilities, family, children, and veterans. Nice. So personally, Melissa, um, how are you involved in the tour? Well, I'm going to tell you, Tina, I'm involved in the tour three ways. Okay. One, I am a builder remodeler that has two homes that our company is showcasing on the tour. Okay. How exciting. That is exciting. Uh Um, Two... I am a Master Builders Association member, Mm -hmm. and actually I was named the Remodeler of the Year this year for the association, and I'm the co-chair, along with Sarah Henry of Gaspar's Remodeling and Construction, that will be on the tour. So her and I have collaboratively engaged 15 total builders that are experts, the best of the best in the field, to showcase Mm -hmm. our homes for you. And third is I believe in it. Yeah. It is the only opportunity, really, where you can come in and see a home in person that is not for sale, but that has been personally remodeled by one of the professionals in the area. Yeah, what a great uh, what a great idea. It seems like it would be a great experience for, uh, like you said, the people that are thinking of getting into a home and, and the remodel model process. So what types of remodeling projects will visitors see on the Remodeled home Homes Tour? Well, again, RemodelTour.com has most of the information, and actually you can okay. see Every single project in its entirety. Oh, wow. And it actually shows pictures before and after a 360 tour. And you can actually get an idea of where you'd like to go ahead of planning your day on October 8th and 9th for the tours. Um, The other thing I will tell you is that you're going to look at what's hot right now. It could be kitchen additions, eco-friendly updates, outdoor living environments, redone laundry rooms, bathrooms, Mm -hmm. additions, and whole house remodels. Wow. Nothing better than actually seeing it in in person. So let's talk about in person. Are the people on the tour going to be able to meet the remodelers and ask them questions, directly ask them questions? So I think that in each home, you're going to get a flavor for the company that's completed the work. Okay. Not 
in the style of the work that's completed, because that's mm-hmm. custom to each home and each homeowner. Sure. But there will be representatives on hand at each site of the 15 homes that are on tour to talk about the products and the information about each home that's been remodeled. Perfect. So it's a good place to get all of your questions answered after you've gone on the website and kind of checked out what they're what they're going to experience. I think it is definitely worthwhile to research first uh-huh. and come prepared if you do have questions, even specifically about the house, house that you're going to. Great, great advice. So when should homeowners hire a contractor versus doing the work themselves? Great question, A lot of Tina. people make the mistake of doing themselves, right? And I wouldn't say it's a mistake. We are all... Maybe they wish afterwards they would have hired a professional. Could be. We're all a little bit of weekend warriors, you know? Not me, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Tina. You can call me your next project. There you no go. No problem. Um, I would say that in, in most cases, it's about the work that's required, the equipment mm-hmm. and the tools, and the expertise in planning and completing a project. It's one thing to get out there on the weekend and build a fence yeah. or a garden shed or an above-ground garden bed. Mm-hmm. But to actually perform a kitchen remodel, adding onto your house, or revamping the whole entire interior and exterior is a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. So understanding what your expertise are, where your talents and your knowledge is, will answer that question. And where your limitations are. There you go. And as well, providing remodeling experience comes from a professional that's knowledgeable in the trades. Makes sense. And is able to perform and manage to meet your expectations. Yes. So I I know that each job is going to be completely different, but, you know, typically what's a remodeling project? How long does that take? So typically, it's going to be based on what you're doing. Okay. So you will see on each of these homes on remodeltour.com different types of projects. That means that there's different outcomes mm-hmm. and different timelines involved in each project that's undertaken. So specifically, I would say the key point I would hit home is, and most of us would tell you this in the remodeling professional industry, it takes just as much time to plan your project up front before we break ground for construction. And that's the thing that most people forget. Huh. Is really taking that time necessary to plan up front and strategize to make sure that the plan is going to be successful after the remodel is completed. Right. So your time frame is contingent on the planning process. Yes. If we plan for it up front, we can give you a very accurate time frame for what actually will happen. Got it. Now... I love watching the shows on TV when they're doing all of the uh, renovations for the home. And how how realistic is that, uh, Melissa, when we compare it to our real world? Well, of course we know what is on TV is real, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's why they call it real, right? But they show you, they as a collective, uh-huh. what you want to see. It's a show on TV. Mm-hmm. We got to get you to watch. Um, When you come to the remodel tour, you are going to see realistic in-person projects that have been completed. Uh Not on TV, but really what you see is what you get. Yeah. And so TV is a picture and an entry portal into the world of remodeling. That's pretty much where I would say it's a inspiration point. I was just going to say it's a good place to get inspiration to want to take that next step. Absolutely. But maybe not so much the reality of the process and what it really takes. So in order to see reality, 
come to the home tour, uh-huh. meet with those of us that actually perform the work, yes. get your questions answered, and see what realistic time frames were for the projects that were done. Yeah, makes it makes sense. So, Melissa, choosing the right builder remodel, or it's a it's a really big decision. So, how should homeowners consider a remodel and go about finding the right contractor for their job? So, Tina, I would say that there's a lot of things that we could do in regards to discussing how you pick the right remodeler. The biggest factor is going to be about who you sit across from the table with and who's a professional that's going to take the most care of you. Uh And I'm recommending going on the remodel tour, not only because I'm a professional remodeler involved in our association, Mm -hmm. but you actually are driven to see the work that we've completed, the choices that we've made, and the members of our association are the best of the best. Yes. So in a industry that unfortunately is not always painted with the best light. Mm -hmm. There are those of us out there that are really doing good for our homeowners. And our homeowners are letting us show you, which is just a testament into itself, how great we've built a relationship with them to allow them to open up our home to you, the public. Makes sense. So can you share more about the Master Builders Association, uh, Melissa, and, and why you're part of the organization? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost... This year, I'm kind of the first lady. My husband is the president of the executive board of the Master Builders this okay. year, Joseph Irons. Nice. So, so that's one piece. The uh-huh. other piece is that, again, I believe in it. Yes. Um, we are professionals in our association. We want to take care of each other as professionals mm-hmm. and really showcase the work that we do. As an association, our members are given further education, instruction, and resources to help each other build our businesses, and make the best outcome for all of our clients. Yeah, and so you've answered my next question as well, as is really the benefit from a member side, and you just said it. I mean, you're part of a community, you're part of the best of the best, and people that are really passionate about what they're doing, you're all coming together to see how to best serve the consumer. So let's talk about the benefit from the consumer of Master Bill Association. So the benefit of the consumer, there's actually a lot of things, and this is a really good question. Mm -hmm. Um, As an association member, the builders and remodelers are actually upheld to a code of ethics. Yes. So we actually provide a one-year written warranty as part of our membership in the MBA as requirement for being a builder member. Okay. Um, Wow. I didn't realize that. mm -hmm. And that is not a state requirement. Okay. So we have stepped up above Mm -hmm. what... Washington um, State is actually requiring of registered contractors to say, if you're going to be a member of our professional association, this is what we're requiring of you. Yes, yeah. There's a code of ethics that is followed. There's also a committee that reviews those um, issues that may arise with any of our members. Got it. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in Master Builder Association. Last week, I had Patrick in on studio. He comes in and, and visits quite often. And it's just really, again, a community and a place for consumers to go to find the people that they need that have already have proven that they have that quality work and, again, passionate about what they're doing. So, Melissa, will you uh, do a shout out again for the website for the tour? How do people um, um, do their research to see uh, what's going to be happening? So, again, mark your calendars. It's October 8th and 9th. Oh, I forgot to ask the date. Thank you. (laughs) Free (laughs) registration is at remodeltour.com. Space is limited. There's only a limited number number of visitors that can tour. And it's exclusive private residences. So re- reserve your tickets, okay. remodeltour.com, um, to see the 15 remodeled homes. Wonderful. Melissa, thank you so much for coming into studio. I look forward to having you back again in the near future. Thanks so much. I would love to come back.
Thank you. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. I will be here same place, same time next week, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.